I am a living witness that miracles can come in a blink of an eye and change your entire life around forever in every area. Let me give you a crash course as to how it was before September 2020 when I given God my complete yes. I always been a person to just love to look out for people no matter what. If you with me, you're good. I don't want you to spend your money, do anything. Just keep what you have. I just want to look out for you. I always want to look out for people and just enjoy, you know, giving and seeing the expression on people's faces when I do good things unto them. Nah, put your money away. It's all good. I did it so much. Some people will try to hide theirs when I come around. You don't have to do that. <laughs> I say you don't have to do that. <laughs> Already know you're doing that. <laughs> I'm still doing this even though you're trying to do that. <laughs> Always been so giving, so cheerful to do it. If I see anybody on the street, on the road, like they need anything, it doesn't matter. Dirty clothes. Oh, you want some new clothes? Let's go get let's go get you an outfit. Sometimes even people that's about a liquor store. You want a beer? I mean you be real. Do you want a beer? You want to change for a beer? Come on, I'm just get you a, let's go get you a six-pack. You understand? Don't cry. You're not gonna get put out. I got you. Go to the auction. You don't have a vehicle? Oh, don't worry about it. It's not at a dealership, but it's at an auction. You got to pay for your own, you know, car insurance. Be showing no car note at the auction. <laughs> you understand? It's better than nothing. You want, you want it or you say, take it or leave it. I was always like that. Going out, hanging out, but mother first all the time. We're on a cruise. I pay for seven people to go on a cruise. Taught entire package. Everything that you do on the ship is paid for. But when we outside, this, you know, the ship in different islands, St. Thomas, St. Martin, Bahamas, and we sailed and, you know, set sail in um, Miami before we went anywhere. Oh, you want to go to the casino on the ship? Okay, let me just give you, you know, 1000 to go and enjoy yourself. I'm telling you, that trip alone was about at least 30000 for one week. For me and seven other people, excluding what was already in the package that I paid for. I mean, just spending the law because everything that you did when you were there, everything that was done, it cost. Jet skis cost. Even just whatever it cost. Outside the ship. And I didn't care about that type of stuff. You know, you hungry? Oh, come on, get something to eat. Don't do that. Don't stop crying. Even on a job. I, it wasn't even just about money. Always give, you know, always giving people even my time, effort, and energy. Even on a job going above and beyond. Q, we want to work with you. We don't want you to leave. We only want you to take off. We'll know what we'll do if you're not there. I will go to work early to give them a break. I will give up my lunch break to give them a break. I'm off the clock so they can go and have my break. Type of giving. Cheerfully. And I wind up marrying the wrong person. And that person just made a business deal. And I already had, you know, my end very well. Everything I try to do as a married woman, 
it would never happen. And I mean, far as change my last name, I've been trying to do that for the entire four years of the marriage. It would never happen. Something always happened. We got there to the court building to get married. Didn't know we needed our own pastor, someone to be ordained to marry us. We didn't know. We didn't bring anybody. So the clerk married us. Uh-oh. Anyway, I'm not getting into that. You understand? Written cars and already having two vehicles. Just stepping it up. Let's just, since you want children and it's not happening for you, let's just, you know, vacay a lot. Let's just party a lot until it happens. Take your mind off of it. Because I know I can have children. I have a child. So I'm not saying that something wrong with you, but, you know, it's not happening. So until then, let's just take your mind off of it. Let's just travel and do different things. And that's exactly what my lifestyle was like. It was like that for me. You know, people would always know me as being dominant regarding money, regarding time, effort, and energy. And guess what? When I say yes to God's will and his plan, those are the first things that God came for. I want the money. Give me a job. I want your time. Come away with me. I want your effort all unto me, out with the old and with the new. I want your complete yes. Complete yes. I always said yes to God, but it was something about the yes 2020 that did it for me. And God said, tell them, Kanisha, throughout your entire process, what was challenging the most? It's being a woman who always wanted to give, who always worked so hard to receive what she received. Just to give. The most I ever tipped a waitress was 700 for one meal. That's how cheerful I am. Because I heard what she said. She said, I have to come to work and I'm off. I posed to, and I plan to be with my children, but I have to come to work just to help out, you know. They called me on my day off and I said, oh, you didn't have to come and you came anyway? And you put your children to a side for this job? Oh, you're a cheerful giver, you made a sacrifice. Oh, you're gonna be my waitress. So I try to just make up whatever to do to get her to come to my table. Cause it wasn't that many waiters or waitress there. That's why they had her to come. So I just like try to get her attention, but it's like she didn't want to come. I want to sew in your life. So I would just get a beverage. I don't care. Just give me, you know, whatever. A lemon twist, whatever. I don't care. I sold $700 in her life. And when I do things like that, for those who know me, I don't want no one to talk about it because I don't want no one to know. Because <laughs> I don't care about that. I'm not a person that be like, you know what, look what I did. Uh-oh, to keep me from being like that, don't say anything about it. Because <laughs> I don't care about it. So she cared to the point she was like, oh, it's her, her, y'all, she, she. And I said, let me get up out of here. I got up out of there quick. I don't like that attention. I feel strange when they start doing stuff like that. And I ran out of there. <laughs> that would never be forgotten. I sold $700 to this waitress. So when she got off work, she could still have time for her kids and had an extra 700 plus the other tips to make her 
worth her while her coming to work. That's how I thought. Saw somebody in the street that I knew. I was embarrassed, guys. I was embarrassed. I didn't want no one to see that I knew this person because I'd never seen that person. Like, they're like, they just gone mad. They snatched and they given up on life. Never combed their hair in years. Clothes walk around like they just came from out of a cuckoo house. And I said, I'm not going to say what's up to this person. Everybody see me say what's up. God said, Quenisha, that's not you. You're not ashamed of nobody. I said, okay, the next time I see this person, I'm not going to act like I don't know them. So I hid myself from them so they wouldn't see me. I said, I won't do it again. I went there. The person seen me. I said something. And I said, oh, this person is hungry. You want something to eat? Yeah. You thirsty? And you know, all right, come on, let's go to the store. This person looked at like, I'm so glad you came. But she was talking to God, not me. I'm so glad, God. Thank you, God. I, I didn't know what, I, oh, God. I said, go in the store and get whatever kind of toiletries you want, clothes, whatever. It doesn't matter. And this person was being considerate. When someone be considerate, it make you want to do more for them because you caring about me. So I'm about to show you how much I really care about you caring for me versus you just trying to take advantage of me. So she was trying to get off-brand things. I said, no, get brand things. It doesn't matter. So she got everything she needed. I went to the ATM. I got money out. Here, take that. You want something else to eat? Yes. I haven't had Popeye's in years. You smell that chicken, girl? I was like, okay, go to Popeye's. And this person thought that I was probably losing my mind. I don't know. She got so scared that I may change my mind that when I turned around to even reach in my bag to give anything else, turned around, she was gone. Like, I'm not chancing you taking this stuff back. Oh, I don't want to take it back from you. I don't want to do that. That person got out of there type of giving I do. For a long time in my church home, when we just did envelopes for offering, I will always empty out my account with a check after I deposit it and put it in the envelope. It'd be so big, I lick it, it won't even close. One time a person wanted to see, hold on, what she put in there? I put it down, I don't want no one to see every time I did that. And I never put my name on the envelope because I didn't want no one to know I was doing that. And they started saying, don't forget, put your names on the envelope because they probably was like, who keep doing this? I never said anything. I still kept doing it. Yeah. Because I didn't want them to know it's me. Then they start doing, you know, upgrading things, you know, put your phones in the air. You can't do it without doing that. You understand? We still can do it all, Franco. You understand? But just giving like that. And there goes God with it. Out with the old and with the new. Everything of your old life gone. And I've always been a person that works so hard. Every job I go on, I only been, I've been on one for you know 15 years. And every job I've been to, not many, but the one I've been on the longest, I believe in going above and beyond. I don't take my time and I don't come in when I want to come in. I'm always, I'm ready, and I pump my coworkers with me. Yeah, I got this, we got this, let's do it. We come do what we come to do, and we gone. They're like, all right, we got it, we got it. Like, we, we love your energy, we love your excitement, we love your honesty, cute. Man, we, man, we love, they love just coming to work in an environment like that. Like, I can't wait to go to work to be around you. I'm looking forward to coming to work. You make it worthwhile coming to work, cute. For real, man. <laughs> you understand? 
And it been, it's been like that for me. And, you know, I only had two vehicles out my whole life. A Lincoln Continental. You understand? And uh, my last car just given up last year was a Hyundai SK350. You understand? And I just thank God so much that if I have to drive, if I have to, I would drive. But if I don't, I won't. <laughs> so I was chauffeured a lot. <laughs> because I just like to be chauffeured. <laughs> but if I have to drive, I'm driving. There's no problem with that. But I just, I'd rather just look around and just, you understand? <laughs> but no one wants to drive you around all the time. But I just got away with it for so long. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's all good, Q. Some people just don't mind driving. I'm like, I do it, but some people drive for hours. My God, you, your foot not tired of touching that pedal like that? Jeez, or bending up like that under the steering wheel like that? Jesus. It was so difficult for me driving. I had to push my seat up closer than most because I'm short. And I'm like, ah, you understand? So it's like, uh, yeah. But anyway, I just thank God for just being excited to drive. But most of the time, you know, I'm with, you know, someone that's driving me around. And I'm like, you know, in my own, it's my vehicle, but if you if you don't want to drive, I drive. But if you want to drive, I don't care. You understand? It was like that for me. And I just thank God that all of that left. God said, I want the old and what to do. And God said, what was your biggest challenge in your preparation? And my biggest challenge was for everyone who know me, know me, know that I'm a hardworking woman. Know that I love to give. Know that I'm not lazy. Know I believe in going above and beyond. And people begin to see my life, you know, become very different. See, God didn't tell Job that Satan came to him to try to tempt him to curse God and die. Job didn't know. He just kept going along with his love, his loyalty unto God and saw it through. And there goes his double portion. But God positioned me, Quenisha. When I say, God, is this it? No, it's not. And I say, okay, well, I want your will. Okay, I want the old and with the new. I said, yes, God. So that yes, it actually was presented before me. Do you want it or not? Yes, I don't want. I don't want the old way. Now I know it's a lie. Now I could have still walked in that lie. It's not forceful to not walk in the lie. I could have said, you know what? I'm not giving up my car. I'm not giving up the furniture nor the clothes. It left me with one outfit. I had to really mix and match like a three-piece outfit. I'm like God. I'm going to church wearing one outfit. I'm walking around with one outfit. Cause you told me to get rid of all my clothes. Now I'm getting, you know, lifts and Ubers. You know, I had one set driver though. He wasn't an Uber lift. He was just a, a paid driver. It was costing too much. A hundred dollars just to go up the street. I couldn't just do that because he was charging for the luxury, you know, opening, closing the door. And he thought he was really doing something with a suit and everything. And, you know, had the whole look. But the thing is, you were costing me too much just to go up the street, a hundred dollars. I'm not doing that. You understand? And I started doing Uber and Lyft. I was like, Father, any day now, a new vehicle. A new vehicle, any day now. But I wasn't pressing it. I just know, you know, I know how God is. I knew that it's coming. I would, oh, it caused me to leave all my furniture behind. I'm on the floor with no car, one outfit, Jesus. And I was never used to living like that. And some would think I was lazy. Some would think I just don't want to do anything. Some were like, okay, go out there and get you a hustle. Go out there and get you a business. You better get in the game. Stop being rubbish. Don't look you don't look like you 
You understand? Want things to fall in your lap. Don't be hesitant. You understand? Don't be filled with excuses why you can't do. All those things, God said, what was the most challenging? All these I just said. For anyone to think that way about me and know me. And for any of us to be in a body of Christ, we know that we all go through transition. For people to look at minds like I'm any different than them. That's what was so challenging. When we all know what transition is like from one place to the next. And people were looking at me sometimes throughout my whole life like, I know you, it's not you. And didn't see me in that state like that. Your life like it gotten worse. I don't know what's going on, but you better get it together. Get in the game, stop being trifling. And I was like, wow, it, it kind of hurt my, man, I'm kind of, it hurt my feelings a lot. Like, you know me better than this. You know me, I'm not lazy. I'm not rubbish. I work hard. You a witness. Most of the things you have, not to sit there and say, but because of me, because of my effort, because of my energy, because of my investment, because of my loyalty, because we stand up on the phone with you making the investment now that you have it. Don't forget. It's like I was surrounded by those who forgot. Yeah, you in that five-bedroom house because of me. That was my connection. Don't play. Yeah, you do that, you do that, you do that, you had that, you had that, you had that because of the God in me. Stop playing. Stop playing. Don't play with my calling like that. Don't play with my anointing like that. Don't play with my sense of self like that. And God said, Quenisha, are you bothered? Yes. I'm not going to lie. Yes. Why? Because they should know me better than that. Do you know you better than that? Yes. So why does it matter if anybody else did? Have you ever noticed I only came to you about what you're doing right now? I didn't come to anybody else. If I did, they would already know. They would be confirming what you already going through because they would have heard. Why do you think I didn't say anything to them and only said it to you? Because it only takes your agreement. I dealt to you the measure of faith. I didn't deal to them the measure of your faith. They can't use your faith for you. You have to use your faith for you. You are my messenger. You are a messenger. If you don't believe the one who's giving you the message and only believe without needing agreement or confirmation or someone to say for you to see or someone to say for you to feel okay, how can you even be a messenger of me? How can you be a messenger of mine, period? If you notice every prophet who went against what I said and heard what I said, you see what happened? Moses couldn't go through. But yet he had to lead them to it. Because he heard what I said and he disobeyed. See, you need to know who you are, what you are, and how special you are as a messenger. That's why you're away with me a lot. You have to quiet yourself in order to hear what I have to say. So I have to get the noise out your ear so you can hear. Because you're called to hear and say, no matter if it's past, present, or future, it's still promises that I'm releasing unto you. Do you even know what you actually here to do? The level, the capacity of no limits? Does that even make sense to you? Does there's a capacity? 
there's a capacity to know limits? That's how I talk. That's how I think. To the earth, it doesn't make sense. Sometimes you all speak backwards to me. I can have the sun to stand still today, not just that day. I can still open up the seas. I can still rain down bread from the kingdom. I can still multiply food. I can still fill up different tanks and different pots of fresh oil. My son said, in greater works, you are released to be used by me to hear and the earth see my mighty acts. You are prophet. Not just to read about what they have done. I'm still the same God unto you as I am to them. How much more you think I am ready for you to see who you are so I can use you. That's why I wouldn't provide you no confirmation because you don't need any. I know how to close up mouths and how to open them. I know how to close up hearts and how to open them. I hearkened Pharaoh's heart and I turned around and opened it. Then hearkened it again. I can do whatever I want. I want you to settle with that. You hear from me, that's all you need. Not hear from me, okay, did you hear too? Or did you hear? Then tell me what you know. Does it matter? You hear and you say. Because you have what you say. Because of what you heard. And who you heard it from. Never forget that. Hallelujah. That was my biggest challenge. To say, no, don't think that way about me. That's not me. To those who know me, you know me better than that. But there goes God. It doesn't matter, do it? No. Does it? No. Does it? No. Does it? No. Record-breaking blessings, I'm telling you. I thank God for my dad and everything with that when God say restore he may restore everything I found out with all of my family around my great grandmother had 25 children I had no idea I know my other great grandmother had 20 but this one is an Indian she had 25 and my other grandmother I found out that her situation was like Benjamin and Joseph. She was told very young, your mother died giving birth to you. So I can imagine how Benjamin felt and any of us who've been through that. I'm glad to be here, but I wish it wasn't under those circumstances. Who wants to hear your mother died giving birth to you? Like, oh my God, I'm sorry. So my grandmother had to live like that and come to find out there goes God with restoration. No, she never died. Hold on, what? What? 
50 plus years in that type of believing and she never died. She never died. You have an entire family that's waiting to meet you. You ready to meet them? Of course. There's different shades and trends all in my family. Because there are so many things in the bloodline. But the features, <laughs> they're the same. And it all landed on me, all the different things. The hair color, the freckles, the complexion, the this, the most, the this, the that. I'm like, Jesus Christ. I have a combination of it all. And one woman <laughs> telling you, hallelujah. And I'm telling you guys, I was like, what? Everybody was like, what? She's alive. She's alive. She never died, even birth. Oh my gosh. That type of restoration about to meet an entire family on that end we never even knew exist. You understand? For real. Record-breaking blessings. You don't know how your financial breakthrough could come. You may go from 100 to 1 million. You better hear me. You go from $200 to $2.6 million. And people with large lump sums of money like that, they don't go around bragging. It may look like you're not doing nothing. God say, just wait. You have to do what he says, not what people want you to do. Because I'm sitting here trying to tour and see what I can do to bring things to pass. Then I say, well, hold on, what am I doing? I'm in his will. It got to be what he wants. Can I bless you? Can I please just bless you, Kanisha, please? Can I make an example out of you? Because look what you do unto me. All of that, I had to leave. And here go God telling me, dance for me. Okay, no problem, dance. Do you mind scrubbing some toilets and cleaning the bathroom for me? For two months, five days a week, from eight to 12, eight to one sometimes, every day, please. For me, without wanting to get paid anything or telling anyone who don't know about what you're doing until I release you to do so, unto me, where's the supplies? I went there, they was like, uh, can you do this? Period. You know, we can make up this as a job for you. You get paid triple the amount. Just can you keep doing this? No one can clean this bathroom like you, please. And I'm telling you, the first two weeks, up and down, up and down. Back hurt, glutes hurt, thighs hurt, feet hurt. Everything was hurting. Head hurt from going up and down, up and down. That's a lot of movement up and down. Straining and everything. Lower back, up and down, up and down. Bending down behind the toilets. Walking around the tortoise, standing up on top of, you know, the walling, you mean, excuse me, the railing, the wall, all of that. Restocking tissue, paper towels, soap, changing the decorations and the fragrance, air fresheners. I was like, oh my gosh, I'll do anything for you, God. Every day I would come there, where's my bucket? Where's my supplies? Where's my rolling bin? Where's the gloves? Let's do it. I'm telling you. And then one day I thought, you know what? I have too much education for this. I have too much potential for this. How did I go from the way how I was to now I'm scrubbing the inside of this nasty toilet that had urine in it for three days? 
and it lit up the whole bathroom. All you smell is old piss. That somebody could have easily flushed. I mean, some people would just use the bathroom and get up. Like, oh my God. You just did a number two. You you don't you didn't wipe your never mind. Let me clean this bathroom up. God. I had to stop being angry, stop. I was like, you know what? I just can't do this. This 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 is this smell too bad, God. For me, Cornisha, please. During this time, I'm catching Ubers. I'm telling you, $30, dollars $50. People want me to go and support. I love to support you. I don't have to go to nobody and tell them, oh, you know this and that. I don't do no sob stories. Many of say, why you don't ask? Not that I have no pride. It's just that I don't have no sob story for nobody. And I'm not going to give one. If God don't want me to do it, then guess what? It, it won't get done. If you want it, it will get done. Many today don't even know I'm not driving because I always show up there before they do. And not because of that, but because I like to be early to show you that I'm still here to support you. I care about what you're doing. I care about it so much I'm here before you. <laughs> you understand? Sometimes the drivers, it charged me $75 for one trip, just 15 minutes away. Sometimes way out Virginia, Woodbridge, different locations to do different things on weekends that we don't even discuss. $56 there, 56 and don't, oh, don't, oh, don't, don't, don't be at night. Don't be doing a time of traffic. It's going to be doubled. One time it was 115 going, one, one, you know, person asked, can you support me? Where we going? I don't care. I always ask where we going first. I was like, no, how much it's going to be? Where we going? Oh, it's, I'm going to be in Columbia, Columbia, Maryland. Oh, God. Okay. Jesus, let me, let me look and see how much it's going to be. Huh, 75. Jesus. 63. Jesus. Coming and going? Uh, okay, God. There have been times I went to the cash register and thought I had to put some items back. Let me see what I don't really need. I never had to put nothing back. You understand? One thing I did not want for somebody to pity me or look at me like, girl, you're in your 30s. You're not driving yet? Yes, I was, but I had to get rid of it. Girl, you're in your 30s. I mean, what's I mean, uh, you don't have no business license yet? <laughs> Wait, there's more. <laughs> you understand? I'm telling you, I cannot make no sudden moves. I have to wait and see what God wants me to do. I can do whatever I want to do, but I want what he wants me to do. I said yes to him, not yes to me and him and you. You understand? So I couldn't go for what nobody was trying to tell me to do. Some people even try to play with me. You understand? I don't care where it was. Old time friend, family member, you know, really trying to play with me. In so many ways, like, boss up. No, I'm not a boss. <laughs> I don't have a boss. Look up the word. Is that you? <laughs> you understand? Seriously. I'm not a rude person. I would never be sarcastic or any of that. That's not in my character. I don't even look right trying to be like that. But God's kept saying, hold on, hold on. I'm holding on. It's still like God any day now. And there goes a man God telling me about. All this going on in the midst of me preparing for a man. Like, God, okay, okay. What's up with that now? I'm used to just pampering people and blessing people. Now I'm like, okay, God, I'm waiting on you to do everything. I can't look at myself in the natural I was like, what do I have to bring to the table? I have to learn from that. Christ said, you're not understanding, Quenisha. What is it? You're trying to create another table. 
You're already at my table. You don't work at my table. You don't serve at my table. I say I serve you at my table. You're sitting and supping at my table. So while you're sitting and supping and eating, you're not getting your own food and then sit down and eat. I'm serving you. So why are you trying to create another table? Another table. That's like asking to sit beside me when you sit where I sit. I said you're seated at the right hand of God. So why you want to sit at the right hand of me? Kanisha, know who you are. I learned all of that in this process. I was like, what am I give this man? I mean, it takes more than just, you know, giving him my faith, giving him my heart, my devotion, my worship, my praise. But I'm seeking God first. What else can I give this man? It's all I have to do is to seek God. Wait for everything else to come at it. But I'm seeking God. That's all I have to give to you. And God said, that's all. What you mean? Quenisha. I start losing sight of things sometimes. How can I prepare to marry someone and what's in my account to even put up with for it? What can I do for this man naturally? <clears throat> I even say, Father, put this on hold. I'm testifying. Listen to me. I say, Father, put this on hold until I have some things to bring to this man. I have to make some purchases with this man. I have to make some transactions. I don't want his stuff. That's his. I even sent a podcast to him one time. When we get married, whatever you got before me, stay over there. Whatever I have, stay over here. We're going to, you know, start fresh with our own account. Whatever we do in ministry, we just start right there. Whatever you have, you keep over there before I came. Because I was like, you know what? I don't know what to say to you. And I started thinking, is that why he's not coming to me? See, all that was going on. Is that why? Because he think I'm, you know, broke. He think I'm not doing anything. He think I'm lazy. He think I'm a leech off of him. And then there goes God. Kanisha, no. I'm used to having things, God. I'm used to doing, I'm used to, you know, helping people. He said, no, you used to being people's God. You used to being people's God. Only I could be a provider. Why are you trying to give him only what I can do? Kanisha, you're trying to be me unaware. You want to give unto him? You want to do everything for him? No, you can't do anything. Your life is not your own. Now, what you want to do is ask me to use you to bless him. Not you bless him and I release you to bless him. No, every good thing comes from me. So allow me to use you and not you ask me to bless you to bless him. It can only come by me being used through you. Not just you skipping me for me to give to you to give to him. That's not how it works. Because I'm not just your provider. I'm his provider too. I understand you mean well. But unaware you are asking to be me. And only I can be me. I don't need no co-God. I don't need no co-provider. I don't need no co-healer. And you wasn't doing it being aware. I get it. But I'm letting you know. So you know the truth. And be free from a lie. So I had to really submit to what was going on. Okay, I'm Ubering it up. Okay, God, I'm in my 30s. I'm in Uber. This don't look right to me. Okay, doesn't matter. Keep doing what you're doing. And some people even, you know, say little things, you know, childhood, doesn't matter. And never, you know, don't matter what it is, but say little things and look at you like, 
or just like that's the only thing they have on you is the financial part and that keep being thrown in your face because there's nothing else to throw in your face but you're waiting for a financial breakthrough but I never looked at me waiting for a financial breakthrough did you ever ever hear me say you can go back to any episode and let me know if you ever heard me say I believe in God for a financial breakthrough because I always say I seek him first he is my breakthrough I'll wait go find it never said that Many said that about me and put that on me that I did not receive, but tried to put it on me. You have everything but finances. You have healing, working power, miracle signs and wonders. You're out and ministering. You're doing good. You're a great mom. You're powerful. You're preaching, but you just don't have no money. And that was an issue to a lot of people. And I couldn't allow it to be an issue to me. All I had to do was keep stirring myself up. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. You got to get better. Hallelujah. I was saying it got to get better. I know it will. And all of a sudden, got into school. Four years for free. Start class tomorrow. God will have you to go to a, a dealership. You can pick out any car you want. God will turn $100 to $1 million. God will turn $250 to $2.3 million. I'm trying to tell you. God will... Have people call you to do music with you and fly you to where they are and welcome you to their company, welcome you to their label. And they're there to celebrate you and welcome you. Oh, you better hear me. See, you don't have to talk about everything. Sometimes God will have me to release things just to testify of what he's doing in and through me. Same goes for you. See, God does he doesn't want any of us to sit and tool and try to bring things to pass as if he never written anything. That's saying, okay, you're my God, but you're not showing your responsibility concerning me. Because now I have to be responsible for me and make sure I take care of me, but still say you're my God. And he doesn't want that for any of us. So he said to me, because I said to him, I don't want to do anything, no trips, no vacays, none of that. I want to sit and get to know who I am. Do you know that not just affected me, it affected my entire bloodline because everybody was sitting there getting to know who they are. Everybody was sitting still somewhere and wasn't aware of why they were sitting still. They gained self, you understand, a sense of self. I'm in here like that, still moving around and ministering and all that. But for the most part, in here like that. My dad, they had him in a hole. Six months in a hole. In this small room, size of a shoebox, pitch black, no toilet, no shower, no bed, just a chair. Cannot even see inside the room. Is that pitch black, surrounded by steel. 
and all you can hear is rodents crawling around, but you can't see them, but sometimes you can feel them around you. Only time you see a piece of light when they put in a tray of a piece of food and morning and evening meals and 10 hour gap in between meals and you can't even see what you're eating. So you only want to touch what it is because it don't even smell good. But you have to eat sometimes and survive. You're, you're away from all types of contact. Took your letters from you, cut you off from your phone calls, try to cut you off from your family for no reason. Even using your handwriting to write letters that you never written so people can think that and feel that you don't want to be around them. You're giving up on them. And all this person can think about is seeing the light of day again. They were pretty much saying, are you dead yet? No, I'm still holding on every day. You dead yet? No, I'm still holding on. And there goes the door opening to the point you probably feel like I can't take it anymore. And there goes God won't give you nothing you can't bear. We want you to go in front of the warden and all the other people. I'm not going to give all this testimony because he's going to give it himself how he wants to. Because so many cameras and crews want his story so bad. Any news station doesn't matter. He told them, I don't want any of that. And they respected it. They can't force you to give a story. He, that's why he didn't go around telling everybody what was going on. Because word traveled fast. You know, so many reasons he didn't want us to be there with them. Because they know how much he really loved his daughters. And they would try to use you know, us to get a story. Okay, you're the next to Ken. So how did you feel about this? And he said he didn't want to talk, so don't ask me. I'm listening and following him. He's my father. I'm not going to go against what he says. So he wanted really low key. Let me just get, you know, myself together and adapt very well due to all the catastrophic things I was going through. Let me just get myself, you know, situated. When I want to give a story, I'll give one. But for right now, I just want my family. I just want to go home. And you know what's so amazing? A little piece of the testimony that my grandfather, his father, he's the only boy and three sisters. My grandfather never, ever given up on him coming home. So every time, he's a great businessman, over 13 businesses. Every time he would cut a deal or sell a home or whatever he'd do, he would always give my father his portion, just keep adding into it until he come home. He sold two homes. Here go my son's portion. He's coming home. He did that for 34 years. And that's all I'm gonna say about that. And they wanna do stories about where it's taking place because you weren't supposed to come due to the federal conviction that they fed, the feds done placed on you. They didn't give you 15 to life, 30 to life or do a life sentence and then come. No, they giving you life without parole. They said, sir, you are never 
leaving this prison. You're only going to leave here in a box. You're not doing no 30 years, no 50 years. No, you're coming out in a box. You're going to die in jail. You understand? Every appeal has been denied. And there it goes. The warden don't want to see you. We're going to put you on parole because it's getting too close to what we are doing that we're not supposed to have ever done. And they said we need to get him out of here because for real, for real, now he's supposed to be here. We thought he was going to be a brother, quote, unquote, that we could just smother with a lot of pressure that he give up and quit. Before my father got out, an inmate in front of him took a fork and took his own eyes out. He just kept stabbing inside each thing. He went crazy. I can't take this prison anymore. My father's the only one on that entire floor who never had COVID because he know who he is. Not saying they didn't, but he don't play with his prayer life. He's supposed to have been dead. That was their plan to kill him in that hole. Oh, you want more? Are we gonna leave you in there for another six months? And be so mad when he's still alive. They did not even want him to come home the day he came home. They told my relatives, don't cross this line. In other words, let us send him out to you. Don't come over here. You only want to send him out for real. The devil is such a liar. He left straight from the hole out of the prison. So he wasn't even able to go in his room and grab anything. So they just stuffed stuff and he just got his bag. But imagine that as a man. To, to look through your bag in a cell that you weren't even able to be in for a whole year because you were in a hole. And you're looking at your letters and everything they try to keep from you. Do you understand? And you know what's so amazing about my father? Is that he said, I want to put all this behind me and just leave it unto the glory of God. We went out to eat Get whatever you want. We don't even care. Just to sit down and eat dinner with my dad. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. To sit there and eat. To know that my father is out of that prison. Hold on. Wait a second here. Shut up. Come on now. I'm five years old. Be quiet. You understand, 30 plus years since I have eaten anything and all he has is memories of how I was before he got locked up because he didn't have any outside the prison with me. He didn't want to talk about me visiting him, seeing him, writing him. No, I want to talk about your childhood when you were a child, baby, baby. To have to adapt to society is not easy for anybody who's been locked away for so long. And I say you're doing so well. 
He said, nothing looks the same. I don't know where I am. <laughs> I'm just catching home. <laughs> and all he keeps saying is, all about money. Uh, trying to just make up for not being there. Look, I don't care about that money. I just care about you, okay? I just care about you. Yeah, but still, what's mine is yours. What's mine is yours. And this prison sentence didn't just affect me. It didn't just take from me. It took from you and your sister and the family. Never would have thought a financial breakthrough would come from my dad coming home. What? When God says, and the last should be made first. When God says, his grace is sufficient and you're covered by grace. That means you don't have to do anything. God is doing everything for you. Receive it. Who wouldn't want that lifestyle? Who wants to work for what they don't have to work for? It's not behavior based. I said to God, I don't want things just falling in my lap. God said, you really mean that? Wait a second. <laughs> I take it back. Yeah, let it fall in my lap. <laughs> because you're using me to bless other people in such a way. Thank you. And God saying, you thought your father wasn't going to be with you going down the aisle. Yeah, right. I wasn't going to keep that from you. Your father going to be with you down the aisle. He's going to be there for your wedding day. How about your birthday this year? Hello. The last birthday was September 1989. No, excuse me. 1988. He was in prison before your birthday in 89. Whoa. You understand? Now look at you with your father. And you guys look like twins. He lost 117 pounds in that home. My father's very solid. He's not not that tall at all. All his weight is muscle, very muscle bound. He was two ninety eight. That's how much muscle he had. They're like five seven, five feet seven inches. And now he's like probably one forty five, one fifty. And he's gaining weight as we speak because he's eating so much. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm going to give you a, uh, I have 10 minutes to give you a quick testimony. God said, give this. Okay, gentlemen, close your ears. This is for ladies. <laughs> when I left my job, all my, you know, benefits had to go because I'm not no longer there. So I had to get my own medical, you know, dental life and my own health insurance for me and my kid. And I wound up having one of the best in the DMV every year, right? And they give me a call. You're not using your coverage. So you may lose it because it's not showing that you even going to the doctor. I say, because there's nothing wrong. You know, I don't need to be seen for anything. They was like, well, you still can just, you know, go, you know, for something just you know, don't just have the insurance just sitting there and not using the coverage. And I was like, okay, because, you know, you know, your kid, do they physicals for school? And I'm like, you know, I, you know, ha haven't had anything going on to be going to the doctor. 
And they said, just go for a physical checkup for a woman. Just get your woman's checkup. Oh, that's no problem. I do that. You understand? And when I went, I'm going to tell you guys. When I went, the doctor had all the tools on the table, ladies. You know, the pet smear and all that. He had all the tools on it. Let me tell you guys. When I was lying down, the doctor was ready to examine me. And he said, ma'am, why didn't you tell me? I can't use these. I'm like, what are you talking about? I can't use this equipment. Why didn't you say anything? Like, why are you playing with me? And I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Why are you playing with me? We go back and forth, but, you know, respectfully, like, what are you talking about? He said, you about to get your pet smear, right? Yeah. You know your exam, right? Yeah. I can't use this. And I said, just tell me why. What's going on? You haven't been broken. I can't insert this. You know that. I said, sir, come again? You haven't been broken. Hold up. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> sir, I have a 16-year-old son. You have a what? I have a son. Oh, you have a son? Yes. And I was just married. I was just married, sir. I'm divorced now. So, you know, I don't know why you saying what you're saying. He said, hold on, let me check again. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I can't use this. <laughs> you are not broken. I was like, wait a second. Hold up. Hold up. Hold out. Hold on, Father. Hold on, Father. <laughs> I, I think I said Father. Hold on, Father God. Hold up. Hold up. Hold up. This man looking at me. I'm looking at him. God said, go to the next episode. Okay.